aloha, pumpkin. Well, aloha, sunshine, and aloha, listeners. Aloha, listeners. Welcome to the Zen Tiki Lounge, the tiki bar that lives in your head. This is quarantine episode number two. Oh, is that how we're we're charting it now? <laughs> well, and you know, technically I want to correct myself. We're not quarantined. You're quarantined when you've got the disease. We are sheltering in place. Right. There's a right. difference. But, but, you know, not being at work the normal way and uh, some of us furloughed, some of us not, uh, and definitely life is quite different, all the more reason to enjoy a tropical beverage. <laughs> Why not? So here's taking mine in the glass. I'm having a lime daiquiri, which will lend to the conversation in the listener mail segment today. Oh my. Mm. It's so tasty. Um, I'm probably having another drunk nap later. Oh. I've already had one today. <laughs> Well, you know what? It's warm here. It's warm. So, you know what? A nice nap in the air conditioning, which mine is out. So we've just been dying, but you know, whatever. So listeners, let's let's all feel her first world pain. Yes. uh, No air conditioning and it's 95. (laughs) Right. And so now your air has gone out a few times as I can recall. So do you just, do you just pour yourself a giant glass of Roma some ice cubes and just weather it? Uh, well, it's an annual thing. So whenever, you know, it's 100, 105, you know, 99. Uh, we turn the air on and every single year it's broken. We have someone come out, repair it, it's great. And then of course, so it's like a yearly thing that happens. Um, and so thankfully we have a pool. Now the pool's still a little cold, but if you just go in and like jump in really quick and then kind of jump out, you're good. You can, um, but it's not fun. No, it's not fun. You can definitely get your chill on, though, if you have to. You can sleep in the pool, I suppose. Just um, sleep near the sh- the shore or the uh, the edge, Shallow so that your so that your head doesn't slip in while you're sleeping. The shore? <laughs> but I you know, I don't know. I, <laughs> How many? What is it? Lime daiquiris? Do you have? Well, listeners, we're recording we're recording the podcast out of order today. So later on, we'll be doing an interview with Kat Reader, and she is an artist from Hawaii that reached out to us, and we had a lovely interview. Um, but we've already actually done that, and and now we're now we're greeting you, we're welcoming you to the podcast. So it's a little it's a little out of sorts today, but it's all gonna it's all gonna feel good at the end. Well, you didn't have to say that, don't you? You know what? It, it is what it is. Yeah, but it help it helps me feel like I understand what's going oh, on. If I just okay. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. If I just say it out loud now, um, normally uh, Pumpkin and I can hear the music, but we're uh, we can't right now. But it gets piped in later. It's like the old days, uh, because uh, because Zoom just isn't real good at letting us play music without cutting out our audio channels. The technology is just not ready for that yet. However, if there's a listener who knows how to do that, so that multiple participants on a Zoom call can hear background music, but also talk at the same time without the sound fighting for each other, would you just send us a message and let us know? That would be nice. But otherwise, <laughs> otherwise I've got ways to do it. It's called editing. Um, so uh, I, uh, I've been doing the videos where I, I, I'm posting the how-to videos, how to make some of our most famous cocktails from the Zen Tiki Those Lounge. are lovely. And last week I did Extra Swanky, which is a brown sugar lemonade. It's a recipe that I got the inspiration from and then I kind of zhuzhed it up, but I got it from Grand Cayman when the husband and I were there. And it is as simple, it's it's a brown sugar lemonade with uh, a good island rum. I add a little bit of lime and some orange bitters, but other than that, it's super simple. Anybody can make it if you've got lemons, limes, brown sugar. I'm assuming you have water, and I'm also assuming you have rum. The bitters are optional, but the recipe is at zentikilounge.com. But that was voted as the most, well, the most requested drink video. The next one that I'm gonna do is the puka shell. And that one is made with uh, oko or oko, <laughs> oko lehau. I, I really don't know how to pronounce it. I've heard it <laughs> pronounced correctly several times and I just can't latch my brain onto it. It is a Hawaiian uh, booze that is made from the tea plant. And uh, all you do is mix it with grapefruit juice and cinnamon syrup. It's three ingredients. Ooh. 
Now, this lemonade that you were just previously talking about, didn't you serve that at your social distancing party with the neighbors? I did, and we drank two gallons of it. I was going to say, how did that go over? Well, it went it went over pretty well. It went over pretty <laughs> well. So it's a very, it's a party pleasing drink. Uh, it absolutely is because it's a drink that um, even if even if like a you have a guy that just prefers beer, um, they still enjoyed it. And awesome. people who prefer wine, they were like, oh no, I really like this because really there aren't that many people who don't like lemonade, right? And and right. lemonade with a little extra flavor, you know, easy easy win. Extra flavor. It's just lemonade with some extra flavor. Extra flavor. That's right. <laughs> uh, so the Puka Shell will be the next video that uh, I will post. And then and then we'll see where we go from there. But having this extra time at home has certainly given me the ability to do more of the videos that people have asked for that I just... Um, you know, you work a 50 plus hour week and you're like, I don't have time for that. Actually, you could make the time. It's just, I don't have, my brain doesn't have the capacity. What about video requests? Um, well, yes. So I'll, I'll do again on, uh, on social media. I'll, I'll put out there what recipes I already know are favorites from the lounge and then let people vote on them. Yeah, we'll do that again. Oh. Good daiquiri. <laughs> All right. So... Hopefully everybody has settled into their relaxing space. You, uh, you've got a cocktail, or if you're a teetotaler, you're enjoying your tea. Uh, perhaps on ice, it's pretty warm most parts of the world right now. And uh, we have a pretty good mail segment coming up today. Oh no, oh no. No, 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 no. Like it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be oh, okay. very very conversational and very entertaining. I think um, we got two oh. really two really good questions. Um, so we'll be right back with the mail sack. Tiki mail. Oh, ooh. That sounded painful. Really, really need some. Yeah, movement. that that's you need to stretch. <laughs> is that what I need that, to do? That needed a stretch. Yeah. I don't know if stretching sounded, is something you that do. That sounded with painful. I well, I will. Uh, I will sure figure you out look something. That up. I'm sure there's a YouTube video for that. Yeah, there, yes, there probably is. There probably is. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's see here. So this first email comes from Charles, and Charles says, "Hi, sunshine. Your dimly lit tiki bar is a bright light in my sheltering in place life. I've been, making, I've been making a lot of cocktails over the last few weeks, and many of them are your recipes, which brings me to my question. And he says, you know, apologies if you mentioned this before, but uh, could you talk a little about your process when you go about creating a cocktail?" I love the way you design around a particular theme or mood or moment, and it would be enlightening to hear about the steps that you take. Um, probably, oh, so, <clears throat> and then second less exciting question, he says, <coughs> excuse me, I better drink more daiquiri. I'm sorry, but yeah, uh, I can't do like the Heimlich maneuver on you by a Zoom. Zoom, I can't. No. Yeah, you're just gonna have to choke and, I don't know, I'll uh, call 911. He asks, has the current crisis changed any of your plans for tiki conventions in the late summer and fall? Best, Charles. Well, let's let's answer that one first. Yeah, they're canceled. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, I, I had booked Hookie Lao and will not be going, and I had booked Tiki Caliente, and that is now in October. So it looks like uh, I will be going to Tiki Caliente but the, in Palm Springs, but that has moved from May to October. And Hookie Lao, um, it appears it is it is canceled and they are doing a hukilau on the road and doing much smaller event as pop-ups in other locations around the country as they're allowed to or as will be permitted in uh, the fall probably starting yeah. in the fall well they're saying they might start i think as soon as july ish but of course Ooh, it's, all, it's, all, it's all dependent on whether or not exactly states they would hold it and will allow that Mm -hmm. So Los Angeles would be one of the destinations, for example, and that would be nice to be able to go to a meetup or pop-up um, of the hoopy out, out here. So uh, basically, I'm just not making any plans at this point. So right. whether, whether it be the marketplaces or all the other things that we tend to go to and attend, um, it, it's just wait and see. 
And I would imagine that when the first ones become available, they're going to be so slammed and busy that you're going to be like, is this safe? <laughs> <laughs> Bring your tiki mask. That's kind of my thought on that. Now, so his question about, um, you know, how I, you know, come up with a drink. So sometimes, and actually, no, actually I'll say most of the time, it is the result of what is readily available, most available. So like, for example, yesterday, loquats. One of my friends said, hey, I've got loquats. Do you think you could make a drink with that? And, you know, while I had eaten loquats before, I hadn't dabbled with it with uh, booze. And um, so I did a little quick research online, uh, figured out uh, what I could do with it, made a loquat syrup and then um, did a quick mix. I tried vodka, I tried rum. I actually preferred vodka with the Loquat. So, oh. Yeah. Um, so things being available, because I've also in the recent weeks, because again, people are home, they've just like said like, I have six bags of grapefruits, can I drop them by? Or I have oranges, nice. I want them. My freezer is full, full of juiced citrus and <laughs> just frozen and waiting for the parties to come back. So, but would you have it any other way? No, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I think it's really cool that I've had the opportunity to stock up on that stuff that normally like you can spend, you do a big event or big party, you can spend just as much on the juice as you do the alcohol, depending on what juice it is. Mm -hmm. um, and it can, it can really add up. So having it all free and just sitting there waiting is actually pretty cool. But aside from just using, you know, coming up with a recipe based on things that are in season or available, I would say the next thing is um, I may try to craft something that makes me feel or think of the event. So um, like the events in October, I, I get kind of a fall and or Halloween. Oh, you vibe. love the Halloween fall spices. Yeah, so things tend to be a little, a little like spicier, like add that element of fire or burning, um, smokiness, <laughs> uh, or, or just also again, seasonality. So it might involve, you know, I served an, an, a, a cocktail made with apple cider one time. I don't even like apple cider, but mixed with a good bourbon and a couple of other ingredients, people loved the crap out of that drink. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I use both the season and what's available as a guide. Um, and then sometimes I will just ask other people, what sounds good to you? And, you know, somebody be like, I want something really spicy. Or I want, well, yeah. I want something really sweet, but I hate pineapple. So just, can you work with <gasps> that? No, those words have never been Spoken. No, they have been said. Or really, or allergic to pineapple. Who does? Okay, allergic. I understand, but just to not yeah. like pineapple. Oh my! But yeah, you have to consider your audience, though. Correct. Yes. Well, yeah, of course. And who's going to be at your party, and what kind of event it's going to be? And then, well, yes, and um, you know, I, I guess it goes without saying, but I, I should say it. Uh, sometimes your inspiration comes from liquor that's on sale. You know, exactly. Like sometimes there's a, you know, a rum that, you know, a 750 milliliter bottle might normally be $40. And for whatever crazy reason, it's on sale for half off. And you could never normally make a bunch of cocktails with it because it's just too expensive, but it goes on sale and you buy a case. Cause you're like, uh, yeah, I'm going to do this for an event or a party. And then that becomes my inspiration. And so it, it, it could just be a really great liquor booze that the price just for, it just becomes more available or approachable. And then I will buy it. And I, I encourage people to do that. So if you know you like something and you're always like, it's, it's always to, here, Campari. There is an example. So I love Negronis and I love Campari. Campari is overpriced as far as I'm concerned. For a 750 milliliter bottle, it can be anywhere between 30 and $40. And I think that's ridiculous. Whoa. But, but every once in a while, like a store coupon plus sale and it's half that price. And then that's totally fine. I'm gonna buy a couple bottles. Mm -hmm. And then I'm probably going to Negroni my brains out. 
Oh. For, for a little while. Oh, I don't know that. What would that entail exactly? Lots of gin. Okay. <laughs> Lots gin of gin and, juice? and fresh and fresh oranges, which are on my patio. So there you go. So there so there. Go. So I think that's that's. I answered the question. <laughs> did I? Yes, you did. Good job. Good job. Okay. I'm giving I'm giving you a virtual thumbs up right now. Oh, thank you. And this comes from DKM. Uh, and DKM says that um, uh, they're a rum file first, a tiki fan by association. Uh, and so there's 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 kind of two parts here, but I began following you when this whole quarantine thing started. Uh, thanks for Tiki Trail and Aloha Fridays, um, introducing to new things. It's been a lot of fun listening to your tiki banter and or to keep the spirits of escapism up. Well, we do try. I can, almost, I can almost pretend I'm in a dimly lit tiki bar pretending I'm not listening to the conversations around me. That's probably, <laughs> probably a good idea. Uh, thank you for that. Even if you go off the air, I've got 400 episodes to catch up on. Yep, you sure do. But again, please don't listen to like the first 30. Just don't. Oh, only 30? We get better after 30? <laughs> and we get better after 150. Like but. 100. Yeah, so maybe go back to, when did you start getting like the new microphones and stuff? <laughs> that was well after 100, yeah. Yeah. Those uh, are so, called classics. So, so here's my question. Uh, where do you draw the line between rum drink and tiki drink? My context for asking is historic. Rum as we know it today was born out of the colonization of the Americas in the Western Atlantic and then spread everywhere else like a lovely plague on the high seas. I, I like the way this is explained. It boomed in the Caribbean for sure, but distilling was happening from Nova Scotia all the way down to Brazil and virtu uh, virtually everywhere in between. I grew up in Savannah, Georgia and Charleston, South Carolina, both major seaports early in our nation's history and where rum never quite fell out of fashion as it did elsewhere following the American Revolution when whiskey and bourbon became uh, America's spirit, which, yeah, this is... So there are many places on the East Coast rum holds onto its colonial roots. Only on rare exception do you see it expressed in tiki context. This was no doubt because tiki culture is a Pacific Rim thing and rose to popularity here in the U.S. Tiki co-ops classic East Coast colonial drinks like the Grog, Planter's Punch, and the East Coast natives happily don lays and sip out of flamingo tiki mugs when they're looking to turn up the volume. I like the way that that is described, which brings me back to the original question. Where do you draw the line between the two? Is it a rum drink? Is it a tiki drink? or is it just one big family? Okay, so I had to write this down because I have a lot of thoughts on this. Oh, deep thoughts by Sunshine. So I didn't quite write this in the order that I probably should have, but I'll just start by saying that rum drinks include rum. Tiki drinks include rum, fruit juices of some kind, usually tropical or citrus or combinations of and a sweetener of either plain sugar or flavored sweeteners such as grenadine, orge, cinnamon, etc. Rum drinks have been around as long as rum has, naturally. Uh, tiki drinks began in the late 1930s and the original period is highly debated, but probably shouldn't be debated as much as it is. Some will say that it ended in the 60s. Some will say that it ended in the 70s. Some people will get really upset if you say that tiki drinks existed in the 70s. Uh, they'll, they'll even stop talking to you. It just gets really, yeah. <gasps> I know, people, people get- Wow, crazy. scandalous. So Pumpkin, I'm gonna ask you. Yes. The lime daiquiri, is it a tiki drink or a rum drink? Uh, rum drink. Correct, it is a rum drink. So the lime daiquiri- Ooh, where do uh, I win? <laughs> Not, we've, we've actually been really using those rocks glasses around here as of lately. So the lime daiquiri was likely originally created in Cuba during the Spanish-American War. This could also be debated. Um, and it's one of those situations where usually the original interpretation is the most famous. But unfortunately for that drink, the strawberry daiquiri sometimes uh, is better known in a lot of places because people like that blended crap. Well, I have to tell you, in Cuba, they love their daiquiris. In yep. fact, that's one of the, I mean, they really don't serve a lot of 
a large variety of drinks in Cuba. Um, and the daiquiris though, you can go to specific bars that are known for daiquiris. Which they is why I would love to go, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just thinking about all the nice rum drinks that I had in, in uh, Cuba. In fact, we just broke into our last bottle of Cuban rum that we brought back. So it's um, kind of sad. Oh, so nice. All right, now mojito, rum drink or tiki drink? Mojito, that's a rum drink. It is a rum drink, also from yeah. Cuba. Also from Cuba, I was gonna say, that's Cuban, Cuban, so yeah. Okay, now how about the, hur the hurricane, rum drink or tiki drink? That's tiki. Is it? Yeah, I'm sticking with it. It So yes, it, it, is, it is typically classified as a tiki drink, um, although it was not created of tiki origins. Right, so, but you can still serve it. It would be appropriate to serve it, in my opinion, at a tiki bar. Yeah, so it was created in the era of tiki-style drinks. So Lewis Culligan of Pat O'Brien's, as, as the story goes, um, created it as a way to, in the 1940s, created it as a well to, or a way to unload lots of cheap rum that they had been able to acquire. And the story goes that when they when they added passion fruit, they all kind of were like, "Aha! This is this is the drink. It needed the." Passion so you're talking Pat O'Brien's New Orleans. Yes. 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 Yep. Um, so so that one would be tiki, but it has rum in it, and and rum is the spirit. So you could say it's a rum drink, but it's it's a tiki style drink. Yes. Um, how about a cable car, rum drink or tiki drink? That's a rum drink. Yeah, that's a rum drink. So it's a sidecar made with rum. Pina colada. My favorite, but that's a rum drink. Correct, it is not a tiki drink. <laughs> it's my favorite, one of my favorites, besides the yellow bird. It's... I love my blendies, <laughs> love my pina coladas. It's from Puerto Rico, uh, yes. but, but it was likely really a dusted off sailor's recipe from the early 1800s. Yeah, but it's delicious. Obviously they didn't involve a blender back then. No, no. <laughs> Probably not so much on the ice either, you know, but right, right. hey. That's definitely not. Just the pineapple, the coconut, the rum. How can you not like pineapple, coconut, and rum mixed together? No, no, what no. is wrong with you, No, no, no. I, I do, but I like the shaken version, not the blended icky version. Oh. Ugh. Well, we'll just have to uh, agree to disagree on that one. I know, we will. That's never going to change. <laughs> I'll just say that eggnog is a rum drink. It is not a tiki yeah. drink. Now, here's, so here's examples of like quintessential tiki drinks. The Jungle Bird, the Scorpion, the Mai Tai, all drinks created between the late 30s through the 70s. I know the 70s are controversial, but the Jungle Bird was created in 78, actually, and includes Ooh. tropical juices, citrus, citrus island rum, and sugar. And, and now this is my, my interpretation based on all of the things that I have learned over time and consider a part of a tiki drink is that it really needs to it really needs to 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 have been created during that period and include combinations of an island rum a sweetener a juice and then it could have all kinds of other stuff it could have spices it could have secondary liqueurs it could have all you know it could have sometimes 20 ingredients but it kind of needs to go back to that core and uh, originally these drinks were all created for the most part in the states to remind us of those other far-off destinations along the pacific rim as the well as the yeah. soldiers were coming back from yeah. world war ii so you the get ones that. that served in the pacific yeah so the late 30s through the 60s for sure, and and I say the 70s. So let me ask you this, the drinks that you personally create for events and parties, what are those? Oh, so, so perfect question. So really you would say that those are tiki style. Tiki centric? Well, no, they're, they're tiki style. So they, 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 they have the same characteristics of the original classic tiki drinks, but 
the recipes were not born of that time. So they're in the tiki style. That's how I would say it. So just like, okay, so so I would. So, so yours are in the tiki style. You wouldn't call them tiki drinks now that the ones that are being created for tiki bars today. I would say that anyone that's creating new recipes now can call them tiki drinks. However, I think it's probably more appropriate to call them tiki style. That's just that's just just how, your opinion. That is just my <laughs> opinion. That's just how that's just how I'm going to say it. It's like it's like the Old Testament and the New Testament. There were things that happened in the Old Testament that happened in the Old Testament, and you can't say they happened in the New Testament because they didn't. <laughs> no. So so New Testament style. No, you're doing New Testament no, style. Tiki yeah. drinks is I, Old Testament. I, I said that I said that backwards. Uh, yeah, I got gotcha. you. I understand. So I believe that. Um, Obviously, there is some coexistence between rum drinks and tiki drinks. However, when I think of a rum drink, I am thinking of some of the ones that I mentioned, like a, a, a daiquiri, a mojito, uh, a caipirinha. Um, I know that's cachaca versus rum, but you know, let's not mince words over that. Uh, <laughs> a hot toddy made with rum, an eggnog, uh, all kinds of other wonderful drinks that are made with rum that are, that are truly rum drinks. There's nothing tiki about them. They're cocktails made with rum. I hope that answers the question. What do you think about I, I think I think that was very thorough. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time, mahalo. Oh, no, no, not quite. Not quite. Not oh, quite. no. Oh, um, what? Right. Really? So, um, all right. So... You, of course, listeners, send your comments and questions to mail at zentikilounge.com. We would love to hear from you. We would also like for you to go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and then type whatever printed words you want after that. Tell us what you like about Pumpkin's voice, for all I care. Oh, my gosh. No, let's not say we did. <laughs> Starshine loves the comments. But just make sure that you give us five stars. We, you know more reviews help more people find the podcast and i'm an attention horse so help more people find the podcast make sure you talk all about sunshine yes and his love for sunshine oh stop it don't <laughs> actually i don't care i don't care i don't care people <laughs> like uh, all right so go ahead and send us uh, your comments to mel at we now have an interview with cat reader yes why We've been looking forward to this interview, uh, and I think you're really going to like what uh, she has to say, and I think you'll have a really good understanding of the art that she's doing. And you'll probably want to She's got some out. really cool stuff. Yeah, you'll want to check out her her website, which is catreader.com, K-A-T-R-E-E-D-E-R.com, plus find her on Instagram, Facebook, the whole shebang. Um, and here comes that interview now. Aloha, Kat. How Hello. are you? I'm very good. So happy to be here. So excited. I'm here with Pumpkin, and we are so happy <laughs> to have you on the Zen Tiki Lounge podcast. So happy to be here. Um, I wanna, I wanna say that um, I'm always like fully like disclosing of how I meet people when they're on the podcast, and actually, you reached out to us. Um, but there's a reason for that, and we were <laughs> we were just talking about it before we started recording. Um, but I just became aware of you through social media and started um, noticing your art and you have um, shown us your bio and provided some information. Um, so now your husband, Adam is your husband, right? So he actually reached out to us. So does, does he, is he doing that for you? You got him working for you? He is. He, you know, we're all kind of quarantined and we're like, okay, well, we should put our time to good use, right? And uh, having more work now, it gets overwhelming. So I said, you know what? You work for me now. So, so he's been taking care of all of the, you know, media, all that other stuff that us artists do not want to worry about. You know, we don't want to <laughs> Well, it sounds like it's a good partnership because he and I have been talking via email and he's been, he's been very courteous. And so I'm sure, I'm sure you're lucky to have each other. Um, most important question perhaps is what is your favorite cocktail? <laughs> well, I'm Peruvian, so I have to go with a pisco sour. Oh, that okay. So Starshine is not on the podcast with us today, but that is one of her favorites. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah, I can't find good pisco on the island sometimes, but you know, every chance I get, I try to make a good one. 
It, you know, it is such a good drink and my husband's allergic to eggs and so he cannot enjoy it. Um, oh, it's, it's one of those few drinks that involves an egg white, right? Right. Uh, and pumpkin's vegan, so also she is. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually an egg flavoring because, yeah, the first time I had it, I was like, there's a raw egg in there. I don't know about this, you know? But, yeah, it, like, it kind of gives it a flavor. But... Oh, and that dash of bitters on top. It's just, it's a delightful cocktail. So good answer. Uh, my, you know, my favorite cocktail tends to be um, a Manhattan, but I usually make it with rum. But in in the world of, you know, trying to do things that involve more rum than not, um, mm -hmm. I do drink a lot of lime daiquiris because it's the best way to try a new rum. Really? Because it's just simple ingredients. You can always taste the rum, whether it's going to be okay. good, bad, or wonderful. And a lime daiquiri, it's not a tiki drink. It's a rum drink, but it's a, <laughs> it's, but it's a great drink. And pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> My yellow bird. Yeah. I love the sweet girly drinks. I just love them. Okay, tell me about that one. I've never heard of that one. <laughs> well, it's a yellow bird and it's, what is it? Sunshine? It's, that's equal parts pineapple and OJ with uh, coconut rum and banana schnapps. Banana liqueur. Well, okay. <laughs> yes, but nice. Okay, okay. I like it's that. really good. It's sweet, but it's really good. It's yeah. one of those drinks that they hand you when they welcome you on a cruise ship. And yes, it's a cruise drink, ship drink. If you drink too many of them, it, you're, yeah, you'll get diabetes before your liver bothers you. <laughs> but it's been around for a while. Oh, yes, it has. Yeah. I like the banana. I like, I feel like I've made something similar. Mine is the banana, so now I need to try it. No, add the banana liqueur is good. Okay. Okay. Just, <laughs> if you just like banana. Just a little bit or the banana overpowers it. Okay, good to know. Just a skosh, as they say. Um, so <laughs> you were so were you born in Peru? Because I see I, I see that you you mentioned Peru in your earliest years. Yes, I was born in Peru and I was there till I was about eight. And then we moved to Miami. Okay, because you told an interesting story about using rocks to um, deface your parents' house. <laughs> so tell us about that. I totally have forgotten about that until we went back to Peru for the first time after like 12 years. And I went to the, um, the rooftop, which we have a terrace, and I'm looking at the brick, a lot of exposed brick walls uh, in my neighborhood, and I'm looking and I'm like, all of a sudden I remembered this flower that I drew with a rock on, on the brick. And I was just drawing all the time. So anywhere I could, there was a surface that was writable or you know anything, I would draw something. And so it just kind of took me back, like, oh, that's how far back it goes. You know, I would just, when you're an artist, I guess you just find a way, right? So yeah, yeah. It's so, and, I'm, and now in Lima, because it's a desert, it never rains. So oh, it's, yeah. So it's been there for over 30 years. It, it's, wow. it looks fresh as if I'd just done it. It's so weird. <laughs> I, well, so I was reading that and I was like, well, that's, you know, that's a really cool story because, you know, if, when, when somebody asks, like, why are you, why do you think you are who you are? Why do you think you have the interests that you do, such as being artistic like yourself? Um, and, and being able to reach that far back, even if it was only a more recent memory, I think that's super cool. Thank you. <laughs> I thought it was cool too. And it made me feel connected to that part of my life because the longer I'm here and the more Americanized I become, the more you kind of get far away from that part of your life, you know? So it's just the connection back to, oh yeah, this is where I'm from, you know? It's cool. Mm -hmm. I think it was really cool. Um, and if a uh, whiskey, that's my dog, it gets too loud in the background. The podcast listeners are quite used to hearing her. But, <laughs> but if, she gets, if she gets too much, I will go give her a treat and we'll, we'll try to you know, help her quiet down. Um, so you, uh, you also mentioned that you get inspiration from classic American and Spanish movies. I like Mexican movies and from the 40s, you know. Maria Felix, like all of that. Yeah, my dad just would make me sit there and watch these black and white movies from Mexico. Oh, I was just going to ask you. So, are you a, you're a fan of black and white? You prefer it? Yes, yes. You know, it's a very uh, like these Maria Felix and Pedro Infante. You have you know that kind of period. Uh, yes, it's almost like they cannot be in color. They have to be in black and white. It's the only way to watch them. 
So how do you think that, um, like, how do you think that might translate into your art? Like, does, you know, when you're like, is it very like front brain or is it, you know, think it's just all there in the background? It's all there in the background. I think when I first started drawing, um, it really started with these uh, Mexican vixens who were really strong. And they were always portrayed as so godlike and you don't mess with me, you know, I'm, I'm in charge of this hacienda, you know? So I love that. I love that power that, you know, just was being portrayed in women in the 40s and 50s. So I was always drawn to that kind of mythical sense of the powerful woman, right? It's boss lady. And so I think that kind of penetrated my mind. And it's just kind of a part of it in a way. To draw these powerful, self-assured women. What's a favorite? What's a favorite movie that you, if somebody says like, okay, what, what of your favorite movies should I watch? Go on Netflix, go on Hulu and find it. What, what would you recommend? Oh my gosh. Um, see, I, I like movies like, this is nothing, this is a totally different genre, but I like movies like Vanilla Sky, you know, like the ones that mm. make you feel like there's a whole other universe you could have been living in and maybe there's another you somewhere and you know, there's things about dimensions and things, you know, like we don't have to be stuck being who we are. Maybe there's another version of us somewhere. I, I love that idea, the conception, those types of movies. But that's the kind of stuff I like. I like When well, you can right. see that, you can see that reflected in your art too. Oh, good. Oh. Absolutely. You can definitely tell that in the strong women that are in your art, um, but you can definitely see that in your art. What you just said is like spot on. <laughs> I always wonder if I'm explaining myself correctly because sometimes when we create and we don't really know what the driving force is behind it, we just kind of do it. And then once you get to a point where people are starting to ask you these questions, you have to really dig deep. Like, why do I do this? You know? So I'm glad I was able to answer that question in a concise way. No, it, I mean, I think it made absolute sense to us. I'm sure it did to everybody listening as well. Um, so you, I want to just I want I really want to make sure that our listeners have a pretty good understanding of um, where your art has been for the last couple of years, what you're interested in doing, and then of course talk about your portraits that you're doing now. So if you could walk the listeners through a quick timeline of right. what you feel your art sounds like, if you were to describe it in words to people. Sure. So I I would describe my art as kind of a an ode to old school tropical glamour. So I love that it's kind of a cross between pinup and old Hollywood. I love the idea of, you know, people don't do these portraits anymore, these, these, photos, these black and white portraits where the women look so, like I said, confident, self-assured. Like they don't, that doesn't really exist anymore like the way it did in, back in the day. And I love that glamour you know, that, that old school thing, um, that femininity. So my work has kind of a, an ode to that with a retro modern, almost art nouveau flavor. Mm -hmm. but so it is definitely a mix of, of everything that has ever inspired me from anime to, like I said, um, a lot of Americana, a lot of uh, uh, American illustration from the 70s and 60s, oh my gosh. And mm -hmm. of course, you know, the movie post of that time. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a mishmash of, of different cultures and, and the Peruvian uh, coloring, you know, so it's, it's just kind of a mishmash of stuff, but definitely uh, a focus on that old school tropical vixen. That, that's, I guess, the simplest way to put it. And what is, what is the actual medium that you use? It's digital. So... so Okay, because I saw you, I saw, you know, um, on your site, I saw kind of like a digital uh, GIF or, you know, something that was kind yes. of showing it as it goes. But then I, I look at some other stuff and I'm like, I'm almost like, that could be watercolor. I've, I've, or... gone, I've gone to, my art has gone through a progression as well. It began as uh, all hand rendered and then I would go, because I was a graphic designer for a while, I would just jump into Photoshop and then see where I could push it. So it started as a mixed medium, for sure. It started as a hand-painted thing that I would then finish off in Photoshop. But through the years, I've kind of moved to a digital format primarily. So now I'm- Who's in trouble? 
<laughs> oh, that's, so I'm in the middle of the city, so you might hear some. <laughs> um, yeah, so now I'm kind of working digitally 100%. So even my sketching is digital. But that's the thing. I try to make my work look so that you don't really know. And that's what I love because you don't really know what it is. And I want it to, I don't want it to scream digital or this or that. I just want you to feel something. It, so it doesn't scream digital. It, so that's why I asked because yeah. I, I wasn't sure exactly if you were always using the same medium or if you had done watercolor or even chalks or something like that because the, like the blending is so nice and you know the tones that I, I can see. Um, yeah, I had to ask you know, to make sure yeah, I understood it clearly. You know, I don't get that question a lot, actually. I think people just assume it's one thing. And it's cool when I can talk about it because then especially younger artists are like, oh, cool, I can do that too. And it's like, yes, you can push any medium to do anything if you work hard enough and you have and get in there. You can make anything look like anything else. It's kind of like they're artists who paint, but they make their art look like it's digital. It's, I just love the whole concept. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some, uh, some paintings recently of cocktails, go figure, right, that I would be interested in that. <laughs> and they were so lifelike that I, I had to be convinced that they were not photographs, <laughs> right? You know, and so I, I find I find things like that amazing, but it's nice to get to, you know, be able to talk to the artist and then just kind of understand like, well, even I even just like, you know, how do you do it? Right. So I, I don't know. I do not have the patience to sit in front of a computer screen unless I am just talking at it like we are right now. Like <laughs> I can I can handle a podcast, but to like, you know, put. I, yeah, I get that. Blessed. You you really, you know, you really, it's beautiful. So I guess I'll just stop right there. That, that's why you mix drinks and you're not an artist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was so nice of you to say, Pumpkin. Oh, I, you know and, what? And that's, the that's, only reason, and that's the only reason her and the other girls come over for the podcast is because I make them a drink. They get free drinks mm -hmm. every time they come over. Exactly. Um, so uh, I was looking at... Um, your so you're doing the portraits of of people and i noticed that you ask them some questions so you can get to know what they want and i'm reading through the questions and i was thinking that is very similar to what i do when somebody says can you make me a cocktail for my wedding or for an anniversary or for a party like i have to go through questions like okay do you prefer sweet or sour are there any fruits you hate what are your favorite uh, aromas what are your you have to really like kind of get into it with them and you're asking them personal questions of course to really get to know them so you can do something that represents them yes first of all, that's very cool what you just said i never thought of that with the cocktails that's awesome uh yes but because i'm working remotely now you know i think back in the day you could sit with someone and photograph them and spend time with them but now most of my clients are abroad or on the mainland and so I have to be able to get as much information uh, from them. So I'll ask questions like, I even ask what kind of books they read, what kind of music are they reading? I mean, I ask very random questions. Are they extroverts, introverts? Uh, I just try to get as much of their energy uh, as I can. And then, of course, I ask for photos. Um, so it's a very tricky thing. Because you want to ca capture someone's essence that you've never met before. And that's a very tricky well, so the, the, the one example I was just looking at on your website is, I believe it's a newly married couple. Yes. Uh -huh. and, um, and they're kind of laying next to each other in a beautiful setting. And you've, you, you know, I see the photo that they provided you and you captured their faces so well, but then all of those other things that they included in the information that they gave you. What is your, you know, when you start talking to somebody and they want to commission something from you, um, like how long does it take for you to, um, go through that process? Uh, I tend to work fairly fast, uh, but you know, it could take up to six weeks sometimes, uh, kind of depends on how many different reviews I, they go, it goes through. But for the most part, I've been luckier than most artists in that people will say, this is the drawing of yours that I like. Anything that's in your style is good, you know, not that it's good enough, but they're, they're just happy to be 
doing something with me. So I don't get as many people that are super, super picky. So I think most people just, they know I'm, I'm going to capture it. So, but yeah, I, I, you know, people come at me with all kinds of different <laughs> requests and I have to kind of walk, the, the graphic design part of me kind of walks them back. Like, all right, let's, let's think about this, you know, and, and try to capture it without just putting everything in the image. So, yeah, I, I, I've gotten some interesting requests for sure. At the end of the day, these are paintings that are going to hang in people's walls in their personal space. So to me, it's like, well, if it means something to them, then it'll mean something to me. But it's going to be mm -hmm. in their space. So I, it's my job to communicate. So is, are the portraits where you are trying to put most of your effort now, or are you still trying to um, create you know, a kind, you know, all the different types of prints and the 3D that you have been doing? I'm kind of going through a, a I'm asking myself that every day because um, there are times where I say, you know, I like the portraits, I like the feedback I get, I like becoming part of people's families in that way. Uh, so sometimes I say, this is all I want to do. And then there are times where you, I miss creating my own work. So right now I'm kind of in a strange space. It's like, okay, where do I um, dedicate most of my, time but I'm enjoying the portraits and that's actually doing really well I mean people that kind of started as people, one person asked me hey would you do this and I was like oh sure and then it just kind of took off and people really like it so it gets addicting to to get the feedback like, hey, you really captured a moment a memory for me it, it you also become addicted to that like you love I love being part of, of that memory for someone so it's hard to to move on to something else sometimes there's there's a sweetness to that. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Well, so I wanna I wanna make sure the listeners understand. You know, just in case they didn't pick up on it yet. Um, well, really, you want to go to catreader.com, which is K-A-T-R-E-E-D-E-R, uh, and you want to you want to take a look at the portraits and the example that she provides. Um, and and like you said, and Kat, I didn't even know this. You know it doesn't matter where somebody in the world is, they would be able to start this yes. conversation with you via the internet and yes. you would be able to go through the process of creating a custom portrait for them in this beautiful stylized island, uh, you know, atmosphere that you do. Yes, absolutely. And I do have, to, I have two uh, Instagram accounts, my cat reader art and cat reader portraits, which is dedicated just to the portraits. Oh, I haven't looked at the portraits Ooh. yet. So I'll, uh, I've got my phone out right now. Jot that down. <laughs> we'll have to populate it with the, the latest work. Uh, but yeah, I'm, tr I'm trying to keep it separate so that people can kind of see exactly what the portraits look like when they're finished. So if people wanted to contact you, what would be the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, definitely through my website, catreader.com. Uh, my email, cat at catreader.com, is the easiest way to contact me. Well, because we have a bunch of graduations and, you know, people staying at home. And so maybe looking for that extra special um, gift to give someone. I am getting a lot of requests for graduation. Oh, that, my God. Yeah. I'm, so I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the portraits on Insta right now. And I'm just thinking, like, you could give me a six-pack. Yes. <laughs> and a tan. And a tan. Yes point is that I want to make you look and feel the way that you feel <laughs> that you are. I mean, it really, I do get that. I get women who say, look, you turn me into a bombshell. And that's what the whole thing, I actually shared, um, I haven't finished it, but I shared a uh, time lapse of, of self-portrait that I'm working on. And it's like, you know, if you're gonna do it, make yourself look like a total goddess. So I, they, I definitely get the girls who are like, hey, make me look like a pinup. I, I wanna look, I, I see myself like this. Great. No, I, so yeah, so listeners, I'm gonna tell you, you really need to check out her portraits account on Insta because you can see some really fun examples of, um, of the gift going from beginning to end. And, and seeing, um, you know, the outline to the black and white and the colorization of the, uh, it, it's super cool. And, and just knowing that that was a photograph that people provided you. Yes. And usually it's just the face. Everything else 
it's kind of like, okay, tell me how you feel. How do you see? Everything is just kind of me not guessing, but trying to capture what they see, how they see themselves. Like if they say, well, I pretty much just stay at home all day and eat Twinkies. You're like, got it. Got it. (laughs) That's where the questions about what movies do you like? What music do you like? I try to get as much of them as possible, you know, because yeah, sometimes, especially the men, and a lot of my uh, commissions are actually men, husbands and dads, which is really cool. Because there's some men who commission portraits are another league. They're so romantic and they're so in love with either their daughters or their wives and girlfriends. And it's, 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 so, it's so different speaking with them. So I asked them, how do you see her? What does she look like to you? Aww. So being able to capture that and involving them in the process, you know, a lot of times I'll get back feedback like, well, she looks more like this or less of this. And, you know, I want to make them the way that they see them. And it's very cool to, to be able to be successful at that because it's so specific. So you also save relationships. I do save relationships. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I want to make sure that we don't miss anything that you want to make sure that listeners hear. And, you know, so just to like, you know, say it. So the people who listen to this podcast, they're primarily interested in uh, tiki culture or something to listen to while they exercise for an hour. That is our two biggest demographics. You know, <laughs> you know. And so um, is there anything else you want to tell our listeners so that they really understand you and um, they might check your out, check out your site? Sure. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm- fairly new to the scene. I though I've been a silent bystander and admirer for years. I recently discovered this whole subculture that I'm just in love with. And I really want to be part of it. I want to, uh, first of all, because everyone who's involved in it just seems so freaking cool and fun. And just, I want to party with everybody, you know, who I meet in, in this world. I'm like, this is way cool, you know? So it is I, a lot of fun and a lot of parties. I know. And you know, I'm Latina, so I can definitely identify with that. So anybody who, who parties all the time and lives life to the fullest and it's very open, I want to be friends with. So <laughs> I definitely want to be part of that world and, and I want to communicate. Um, I want to give it my own flavor too because I know that they're, um, it's a mix of cultures. You know, just the tiki art world. It's, it's just kind of a, a mishmash of different cultures. So... I want to put my own little signature on that. So definitely I want to come to the events and meet everyone and, and, and make friends and just kind of be part of your world as, as well. You know, so I would love to hear back actually from people that are specifically in this world. I would love to hear back from you and, and connect with me. And I want to know what moves you. What kind of art do you want to see? You know, what's, what's different? What's, what can I, how can we connect? Well, I have a feeling that some of our listeners are going to reach out to you and that you're, you know, I, I really hope that they'll um, check out your Insta profiles and mm-hmm. visit your site. Um, we, so I'll tell you, people reach out to us now and then. They're not like knocking at our door all the time or anything like that, but they reach out to us and they say, hey, check out my book or my music or my art or what have you. And, and I always take a look and, you know, sometimes I'm like, Okay, that's okay. That's not really our thing. Um, but when I looked at your bio and then checked you out online, um, I was like, slam dunk. Let's have her on the show. <laughs> yeah. So it, it really, I really didn't have to think about much of anything because I was, I was thinking through my own eyes, but then also thinking through the eyes of the people that I know who listen to this podcast and thinking, I think, you know, a lot of our audience would really enjoy to see what you're doing. Well, I really appreciate from the bottom of my heart, uh, because I know you've been doing this for a long time. And I really appreciate, you know, having a, a fresh pair of eyes on my work, you know, and, and, oh, okay, so people like it, and that's great. And I really appreciate you getting back to us and having me on the show, and I'm just honored. I can't, I can't wait to be part of this. Well, thank you for joining us here on the Zen Tiki Lounge. It's been a pleasure. Aloha, thank you so much. All right, Pumpkin, now we're at the end of the show. Yay, woo-woo! So, I, you, you know, what do you, what do you think of that interview with Kat? 
I think she is super cool. Yeah, no, I, you know how I don't like people? <laughs> yes, <you've laughs> she passes, she passes, yeah, she passes the test. I like her. She's really cool. <laughs> no, she seems really nice. Uh, well, v nice and talented. So uh, yeah. I, I, mentioned, I mentioned in the interview that, you know, people reach out to us sometimes and I'm not always interested in, in showcasing what they have to offer just because it maybe it doesn't fit exactly. But um, yeah. you know, what she's doing absolutely fits with what we think our listeners would want to see and know more about. And so we hope that you'll visit her website. You'll friend her on the social medias. You, you'll get all the links on our blog page for episode 430. Can you believe it? Mm -hmm. I've been 430. Wow. That is a lot <laughs> of episodes. <laughs> it sure is. It sure 430 is. 430 after 13 years, you say? Yeah. 13? Wow, um, that's a lot. Hey, Pumpkin, are, are, you, yeah. wearing tiki, are you wearing a Tiki Bar t-shirt club shirt? Um, no, I'm wearing my Grand Teton. <laughs> <laughs> the irony no i was going to wear my favorite t-shirt i've been wearing them all week um but this one i just threw on because the other ones are dirty because i've been wearing them all week well i do appreciate that you wash them every once in a while so yeah i i, I want it when because i can only see you from the the neck down and it looked like a color that tiki bar t-shirt no it is it's exactly the one the blue one that we have yeah so i am wearing one and we always like to say that they are um really nice soft cotton men's and women's cuts each and every shirt every month has got a new design on it that tells us something mm -hmm. about a tiki bar polynesian palace or hotel that has unfortunately gone extinct but you can learn a little bit about them by getting the shirt. Get just the single shirt at tikibartshirtclub.com or subscribe and get them all every month. My closet is a rainbow of Tiki Bar t-shirt t-shirts. Does that sound right? A rainbow. A rainbow. Shirts. So sometimes, and I, and I, do, have my, I do have my clothes arranged in color order. So, um, so you know. do I. Yeah. Now, just, do you have yours arranged in color order and by shirt length? No, in color order and by shirt type. Oh, so, see, so mine's in colored order. So I have t-shirts, polos, long sleeve tees, vintage bark cloth, uh, Hawaiian cotton, um, uh, Vegas attire is a whole section. <laughs> you have a sequins? <laughs> I do now, section? yes. I have a sequin section, yes. Awesome. Yes, Vegas clothing. <laughs> why, why wouldn't I? Well, um, remember we were talking last episode really quickly. Remember when uh, Rory showed us his closet? Yes. <laughs> and all of the different outfits and all of the different clothing that he has in his closet? That was, that was fascinating. It is, it is quite a little bit. Uh, you're not going to be disappointed that we're at the end of the show, are you, Pumpkin? Uh, you know what? All good things must come to an end. <laughs> well, then I'll leave the listeners with this. Make sure you go to ZentikiLounge.com, <laughs> click on our store page, and I want to I say mahalo to the people who've been buying t-shirts and rocks glasses recently, because clearly you're all at home shopping because our orders are up, which is great. So Nice. Check out our rocks glasses. They are beautiful with our logo and they have our first two tiki mugs on there. Um, plus our saying, the dimly lit tiki bar that lives in your head. You can get a single, a two pack, three pack, four pack. And we have t-shirts. We have navy blue for the ladies. We have black for the men with our signature logo and slogan on the back. Um, and, uh, and I try to keep shipping as, uh, as low as possible based on your geographic region. So check that out and, uh, and, you know, keep listening to the podcast. And if you're not already following us on Instagram or Facebook, well, you should be, because that's where I'll post the next video of the cocktail coming up, which is going to be the Puka Shell, which is a super great cocktail, but also go to Zen Tiki Lounge and click on the cocktails link and check out the now 50 plus cocktail recipes that are available for you. Most of them, five ingredients or less, pretty simple. We know you can do it. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what you want me to say there. I, I, I want you to be witty. Like I want you to be witty. Chime in and just yay! You you can do it. I, All right. Well, pumpkin. I want to thank you for joining me here in the lounge. Oh, I thank you for having me. And until next time. 
Mahalo. Mahalo. Thank you.